You're listening to Radio MD. She's a chiropractic physician, lecturer, author, entrepreneur, and talk show host. She's Dr. Suzanne Bennett. It's time now for Wellness for Life Radio. Here's Dr. Suzanne. In my new book, The Kimchi Diet, I dive into the intimate relationship between man, food, and microbes. That daily intake of kimchi, an ancient fermented probiotic-rich superfood, can transform your health and future generations. So I'm really excited to have a deeper conversation about the microbiome with our repeating guest, Dr. Raphael Kelman. He's the author of the best-selling book, The Microbiome Breakthrough. Harness the power of your gut bacteria to boost your mood and heal your body. Through his deep understanding of the importance of the microbiome and his revolutionary microbiome protocol, Dr. Kelman helps patients at his Kelman Wellness Center with GI issues, chronic fatigue syndrome, heart disease, autoimmune disorders, Lyme disease, and more. Welcome back to Wellness for Life, Dr. Raphael. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Gosh, you know, there's so much information on the microbiome, and I, I really would love to dig deep into your book and uh, let's start out with, you know, specifically our gut microbiome and how it's connected to our brain. So, you know, we've heard of the second brain being our gut, right? Uh, but I'd like to know your take on that link between the two. Yes, it's true that the gut itself is a second brain. But I think more important than that is the microbiome within the gut that constitutes the second brain. Or you could call it the third brain. But it's, it's a major component of the brain in the gut is the microbiome. So I like to look at it as the microbiome-brain connection and how the two influence and even direct each other to a great degree. They're constantly communicating. The bacteria in our gut and the neurons in our brain are speaking to each other all the time. And in, even in multiple languages, so to speak, because they speak directly to the brain by, tr- by producing the same neurotransmitters that the brain makes. So they understand each other. They have receptors for each other's chemicals because they're the same. So they have some real strong connections. So they're communicating. Uh, believe it or not, bacteria produce serotonin. You don't just need an antidepressant to get your serotonin levels higher. You could have a good, healthy microbiome, and you'll be producing more serotonin. Secondly, they communicate through the immune system. The, the microbiome speaks to the immune system. The immune system then sends its own types of messenger molecules to the brain, influencing the brain. So the microbiome has a tremendous impact on brain function. In fact, it coordinates brain function and so much of the information going to the brain. That's the microbiome. Powerful, powerful ally. Yes, right, right, exactly. And, and I mean, there's a term called psychobiotics. And it was originally coined by Timothy Dynan and his, his um, co-workers over in, in, I believe, Ireland. And what I understood was that they coined the term psychobiotics because there are these neurotransmitters that create in the gut, in the gut, uh, produced by these bacteria that can change our mood and our behavior. And, you know, let's talk about what kind of foods, what kind of foods can we eat then? Because what you're saying is that these neurotransmitters that are produced by our gut bacteria, 
they are the ones that are communicating with the rest of our body and our brain uh, for, for mood and behavior, whether it's serotonin, GABA, uh, dopamine. Can you t- deep more, dive deeper into the foods that we can eat to affect our mood? Absolutely. I th- uh, there's no doubt. The foods that we need to eat to improve our mood are the foods that our microbiome needs. That's our orientation to a great degree should be, well, the foods that are healthy for the microbiome are foods that ultimately are so helpful and most helpful for us. So the different foods uh, that I think one should be eating in order to, to optimize health, physical, mental health, are the very nutrients and foods that feed the microbiome. And, for example, jicama. Uh, uh, jicama contains uh, inulin. It's, it's a particular type of compound that's very, very nourishing for the microbiome. Um, and many root vegetables also are good for the, for the microbiome as well. Um, Jerusalem artichoke is another food that's quite uh, nourishing to the gut to the microbiome. So, so, you know, I delineate all of this in my various books on the microbiome, especially the latest one, the, the Microbiome Breakthrough, what these foods are. So there's a long list. I just didn't give, you know, just an example, just a few vegetables. But there are so many, so many more. Um, so when you heal, when you nourish the gut, then we heal the brain. Let's go into a little bit here because, you know what, I, I'm a clinician and I treat hundreds and hundreds of patients um, on gut issues as well. And I know that that sometimes, you know, majority of them, they've got gut issues and they've got a microbiome uh, that is an unhealthy microbiome. What I mean by that is that I do stool testing and we find that there's definitely what's called dysbiosis. There's a lot of bad bacteria in the gut or there's not enough healthy ones in the gut. So if you just start making the changes of eating the foods that feed the microbiome, could it be that the foods that you're talking about, even though it's the healthy um, uh, vegetables, let's say, that feed bacteria, the good bacteria it can also feed the bad bacteria too? No. You know, the body has such an exquisite ability to coordinate uh, its affairs, and it has the ability to ingest, incorporate, metabolize food, uh, especially the microbiome has this exquisite ability, and it's nourished in the way where the ecology will improve. We shouldn't think that how could we be one step ahead of nature. It will, nature will take care of it. These, are, these foods are healthy for the microbiome. The microbiome will use the innate intelligence of the microbiome. will use these healthy foods to improve the overall ecology. And rather than looking at it as the ecology as good bacteria, bad bacteria, it, it's really about improving the context, the whole. And then it's sorts itself out. What a bad bacteria is a bad bacteria in in relationship to uh, the context that it's in. Uh, if it's if it's in a healthy context, then it's not a bad bacteria. The bacteria could be then incorporated into the overall health of the ecology. 
staph aureus is a very nasty infection. However, it, it's about three, in a healthy microbiome, it comprises 3% of the healthy microbiome. So is staph aureus a bad guy or a good guy? I think that way of looking at bacteria is you know, a little bit outdated. We need to look at the whole ecology and how bacteria work together to uh, really to compose uh, a healthy um, symphony, the microbiome. So what you know what what's wonderful is that you're explaining that the microbiome is not just of uh, if, if it's if it's the different types of. Uh, Concentrations of bacteria, there's many, many, obviously, over 1,000-plus different types of bacteria in our gut. But what you're saying is that the key here is the actual the community of the microbiome that you want to shift, not just killing one off or there's either bad ones or they're good ones. It's really this community, and the concentration depends exactly. on what you're eating. What you're eating depends on the, what you're, uh, what, how it will shift. In, in my book, The Kimchi Diet, I'd go right into that too, is that if you eat more of fermented foods, fermented foods that are very high in lactic acid bacteria, you, your body naturally shifts that microbiome. Your, your microbiome naturally shifts by having more lactic acid bacteria. Sure, exactly. Uh, do you talk a lot about fermented foods in your, in your book? Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Uh, fermented foods are very, very important for the, for the health of the microbiome. But I, I want to say that, that being said, I should say, that the, while it, the emphasis is so, so important and uh, telling the public uh, how important kimchi is for a healthy diet, we also can't forget about the prebiotics. Those are the foods and the supplements that in, improve endogenously from within the, uh, the, the microbiome to produce a healthy, vibrant microbiome. So it's both the, the fermented foods, like kimchi, sauerkraut, etc., and many vegetables could be fermented. It's the probiotics, but it's also the foods that, that are part of this whole category in microbiome medicine called prebiotics. That's right, and that's what those are the foods that you recommend people to eat so that the microbiome can flourish. Exactly. Can you talk about? Exactly right. Yes, let's talk a little bit more about the mood. You know, and uh, in my in my a lot of my patients who come in when their gut is unhealthy and and we want to create a more robust microbiome, some of the symptoms that they experience emotionally and mentally and psychologically, they're feeling a lot of anxiety. Uh, some people even have panic attacks, depression. So can we go through some of the neurotransmitters that are produced by our gut microbiome? And how is exactly does it is it connected? Is it through uh, the nervous system? How is it connected through our blood system. Can you speak more about how that works and why we start to feel better when our microbiome is healthier? Sure, absolutely. The microbiome produces some of this, the same neurotransmitters, brain chemicals, that the neurons of the brain are making. They're producing serotonin, not just the brain that produces serotonin, but the bacteria do in our microbiome. Our brain produces dopamine, our microbiome 
bacteria in the microbiome produce dopamine. GABA is a very important calming neurotransmitter produced in the brain. The bacteria in our gut, the microbiome also produces GABA. And in fact, with the right types of prebiotics and probiotics and diet, you can shift your microbiome in such a way where it's producing different types of neurotransmitters, perhaps, than it was before. Additionally, you know, the, the microbiome communicates to the brain through, through speaking to the, to the neurons, like we said, but it also speaks to the immune system. And the immune system then speaks to the brain. So there are multiple ways that this constant communication between these systems and by improving the microbiome, you're automatically then improving the brain because the neurotransmitter production is better and better balanced, I should say, um, out of a, a stress state. The, the brain's fire and differently and interconnect differently. And reduction in inflammation is another important component to a healthy brain. And the way to, to accomplish that is by, by improving the microbiome. So then there's less immune signals of alarm going to the brain, causing low-grade inflammation, ultimately affecting our brain. Affecting our memory, affecting our mood, affecting you know how calm we feel. It absolutely is a, con- a significant cause of anxiety. I see patients all the time with depression and anxiety, sometimes with gut issues and sometimes they don't have gut issues. And and some of them have been on antidepressants a long time, but gut medications a long time, some of them. And yet they're still not doing so great. That's why they came to see me. And by by evaluating the microbiome and improving the microbiome in the right way for each particular person, what's so incredible is that the brain changes, and you see it. Sometimes the improvement in mood and reduction in anxiety precedes the improvement in the gut symptoms that some of these people have. Quite remarkable. Meaning the signals of healing are beginning sometimes even before you feel it in your gut. But your brain's going to notice it, and your brain's going to feel happier and calmer. The way to do this is by what I call microbiome medicine, is to know what it, all the different variables that's necessary to change and improve in order to heal a microbiome. What to do, what types of prebiotics, what types of compounds in addition to the diet that I speak about in my books, especially in the last one, especially the microbiome breakthrough. This approach will then improve our particular microbiome unique needs. So there are different types of pro and prebiotics. Um, I focus a lot on the prebiotics. It's like a cocktail of the right types of nutrients that you put that they, they call prebiotics that are supplements how you put them together, and ultimately with some probiotics, how that changes the microbiome and changes the brain. Significant improvement in anxiety was what I, I've seen. I saw in two or three patients just this week just from improving the microbiome, and they've been suffering with anxiety for years. 
Empathy with depression. Many patients that I see uh, that have depression, anxiety, <clears throat> and as I said, sometimes gut problems, sometimes they don't have gut problems, uh, by improving, again, the microbiome with the right types of prebiotics, so many people could, could get better because you're healing so, so deeply. And this is like the, the road that you know, we've been looking for. It's very, very important, powerful pathway to healing is through the microbiome. Right. You mentioned earlier earlier that you evaluate the microbiome. Uh, what type of testing do you do to evaluate the microbiome? Yeah. Well, you know, look, you, you definitely uh, stool testing. Uh, that's not the, the regular stool test that you get your doctor's, your doctor's office. It's, you know, the other companies that do very extensive testing. Um, Genova, Doctor's Data, there's some other companies, Diagnostics, et cetera. Um, Additionally, sometimes I recommend Ubiome, um, but not that's not the main test that I would do. Then I have a particular um, lab um, uh, assessment, or well, I should say a profile. I have an assessment and then a lab profile that I order for patients who I want to look into the microbiome. So there are a lot of different compounds that the microbiome produces that we could evaluate. We can also evaluate for uh, compounds that are maybe too high, which is a sign of an unhealthy ecology. So, and then blood testing that looks in, uh, additionally, that looks into um, the immune system. Is the immune system overactive? Inflammatory markers I measure. And these are all the direct and indirect ways of assessing a microbiome. You mentioned in your book on the role of the thyroid and how it's related to the microbiome and stress. Can you dive into that a little bit? Oh, it's so, so important. You know, the hypothyroidism uh, is, in my opinion, epidemic. Um, and uh, it's, and unfortunately, it's, it's frequently uh, not diagnosed. The thyroid gland produces hormones. It's found in the neck. This, it's like a gasoline for every cell in our body. We need thyroid hormone, every cell. And because of chemicals in the environment, the thyroid gland is really becoming a very uh, weak organ. It's becoming a cis, uh, an organ that's a part of the endocrine system that is dysfunctional in so many people. Uh, so, and, then, and that's why we, we're seeing an epidemic of fatigue, an epidemic of just not feeling good, of brain fog, of... Uh, just feeling not well. Uh, frequently, uh, the problem is in the thyroid. The thyroid's a problem. And um, unfortunately, the regular routine tests are missing this epidemic. Now, these hormones that not only vital for, for the brain from the thyroid and every, but also for the gut, critical. If the gut is deficient in thyroid hormone, then it's not going to function properly. It's not going to produce enough enzymes and hydrochloric acid. The muscle, the peristalsis, the muscles in the gut will be suboptimal in function. And then all of a sudden you get some degree of, of, I don't want to say constipation, even before constipation, you can get just a a bowel that's called a very, very long transit time that is just, not moving, poor peristalsis. Invariably, uh, when people have this problem, um, I'm I'm diagnosing in my mind. I'm 
theorizing that this could be another situation of hypothyroidism that's you know not seen on regular blood tests. So there's so many. I mean, when you think about the microbiome, there's it affects pretty much the entire body, uh, cardiovascular system, immunity, obviously, brain. Uh, you talk about the thyroid, energy, mitochondria, health. Uh, obviously, it's it's absolutely essential that we 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 create a robust, healthy microbiome. What are the foods that really are the worst for our microbiome? Can you dive into that a little bit? Talk a little bit about what are the foods that we really should stay away from if we do not want to um, create a negative effect on our microbiome? You know, excessive uh, carbs, sugary foods. I mean, once in a while, it's not the end of the world. There's a diet of refined carbohydrates, of, of foods that are, you know, just packaged, that you buy in packages in the, in the supermarket, grocery stores. Those are foods we, we, we need to be really, really, really hesitant to be eating because they're unhealthy, and they're unhealthy for the microbiome. Refined carbohydrates, um, excessive glucose consumption, um, even um, diet soda. You know, and we have to be careful about it as well. All of these types of foods adversely affect the microbiome. Right. Um, you know, before we finish, I really want to dive a little bit also into parasites. I mean, although in America people say we don't have a lot of parasites, but I do find when I do the GI map test looking for the PCR of the parasites, we find parasites in our patients. So um, can we heal our body and, and get rid of parasites by just healing the microbiome? Or do we need to, do you find that you need to add a little bit more stronger supplements or herbals or even drugs to get rid of them? Uh, well, what kind of parasites do you see? Uh, I find, we find a lot of um, uh, Entamoeba histolytica, uh, Blastocystis yeah. ruminus, uh, yes. Ascaris lumbricoids. Yes. Yes. There's a lot of different ones, yeah. but I mean, I'm not talking about the tropical disease. I'm talking about the ones that we usually find here in America. Right, like blastocystis, right, and tamoeba, exactly. Um, it's a good question. I think, you know, you got to use your sense, and sometimes you have to use different approaches concomitantly, and it depends on the degree of the symptoms and what I find. If you see something like blastocystis, I probably would use certain herbs that um, that improve or balance or prune the microbiome, I should say. So, um, you know, so yes, you're approaching the, the pathogen, what looks like a pathogen at that point, because of the imbalance that's detected. So you want to use herbs that can kind of put that in check, and then you want to focus on the general big picture of the overall health of the microbiome and your gut. Um, in, in some situations, I would even use an anti-parasitic medication um, if under certain circumstances. Yes. Um, I know that there's certain bugs that you just can't get rid of naturally. Uh, I, I, for one, I've had cases with strongyloides, and that's something that is a threadworm that's very difficult to get rid of without using a specific drug on that. But thanks so much. Hey, Dr. Kilman, where can we find more about your information about your book? Sure. Yeah, well, on Amazon um, and um my office is the Kelman Center, um, Kelman Wellness Center. Our um, website is kelmancenter.com, and we're in New York City. 
Um, and uh, if you have any questions, just look us up and we'll, we'll respond. Thank you so much. Great book. I really appreciate having you here. And thanks so much for listening to the show. Do share the show with anyone who may be having their health issues. I know you can change their life for the better. If this is your first time listening in, make sure to subscribe and do connect with me on Instagram at Dr. Suzanne. If you need more help to dig deeper into your health issues, I work with people globally through phone and Skype consultations. My contact info is available on my website, drsuzanne.com. Until next time, go out there and live your best life today full of energy enthusiasm and ultimate health and wellness this is dr suzanne sharing natural strategies on the wellness for life show right here on radio md stay well